In this episode of the Focus Coach Show, I'll talk about meeting facilitation, that indispensable function for business and life. Whether you run a company, run a department in a company or organization, chair a nonprofit volunteer committee, or even in the family unit, whether you're a participant or the leader, this tool can have profound effect in how you engage people and create outcomes for the collective that are solid, healthy, and desired. So let's get started. Welcome to the Focus Coach Show, Episode 6 on Leading a Kick-Butt Meeting. I'm your host, Jeff Sari, and I'm super excited to bring this podcast because meetings abound. Meetings are everywhere. And if we don't figure this out, then we're going to lose a lot of precious time and energy in our organizations and wherever we go where meetings are. In this podcast, I'll cover the elements of a great meeting, the art and science of facilitation, a little bit about group processes and some sample agendas so you can sink your teeth into. If you're like most people, you dread meetings. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the most effective, productive, and energizing meeting, the national average is somewhere between 2 and 3. That's unfortunate, and there's many reasons why. Meetings today are ineffective. They have no direction sometimes. If you're in a meeting that is meeting just to meet and there's no direction, then you're wasting your time. Some meetings are run on and on and on. There's no clear time frame. So you might feel commandeered in a meeting when you have other things to do, more productive things to do. Other meetings have no outcomes, no written recap, no specific action items. People are left saying, what was that about again and what should I be doing? And then another aspect of meetings these days are bad behaviors and poorly led meetings. So bad behaviors abound, whether that's using cell phones or negative behaviors like eye rolling or sighing or these kind of things that we'll talk about in a few minutes. And also meetings, I said, are poorly led. The facilitator, it's not clear how to lead a meeting. You're thrust as the manager into now managing people, but you never learn the art and science of facilitation. So we're going to cover that today. Meetings to me should be energizing. They should be a place where it's a cauldron of energy and collaboration to get at the issues and goals and health of the organization. So I know I'm a little strange because I love meetings, but again, I think there's precious opportunity when you get people together especially the relevant people. One mind is not as good or strong as eight or nine or 10 minds. So if you have 10 people in the meeting, that is a lot of collective wisdom. People have different backgrounds, experiences, expertise, personalities. When you are able to cash in on those things together, we're stronger. So what are the elements of a great meeting? Number one, clear purpose. Like I said, a lot of meetings these days are directionless. So we need to have a clear purpose. In fact, when I'm assessing meetings in organizations, I'll ask the powers to be, you know, what are the, what's the purpose of these meetings? And we want to make sure that they're clear and that the participants know that they're clear. Another aspect of good meetings is ground rules. Some people call them working agreements or guiding principles. Ground rules are those behaviors that we agree on as a collective to keep our process as smooth and healthful as possible. 
You know, a sample ground rule is we keep our cell phones on vibrate. You know, if you need to take a call, you go out in the hallway or no side conversations. You know, we want to make sure that we're all listening and contributing, but side conversations can be distracting. So these are some sample ground rules. So we want to make sure that we get these ground rules. And I usually ask people, what do we need to have a great meeting and have the participants come up with them? And then I'll put them somewhere, whether on the agendas or on the wall, so that we can refer to them and we can manage those as a facilitator. You know, the facilitator needs to use ground rules, and that's the whole point, to keep the group solvent on these behaviors so that it doesn't devolve into negativity and chaos. Another aspect of great meetings is an agenda. We need to have those key items that we want to get talked about, dialogued about, solved be issues. It could be something around team health. It could be some goal stuff, vision stuff. It could be reporting on certain things. Whatever it is, we need to have a clear agenda so that we know exactly where we're going. We don't want to get in a boat and have no rudder. That agenda helps us stay true, stay straight on the path, and get what we came for. Yet another aspect of great meetings is having a clear time frame. I once coached a CEO who was notorious for leading bad meetings, and I asked him if I could sit in his meeting, and he had gotten some feedback about it, but he wanted me to check it out. So I went into the meeting, sat through it, and and after the meeting, I gave him the unabashed feedback and said, hey, dude, your meetings stink. He's like, oh my gosh, really? Why? I mean, I've heard that before, but what's your assessment? And I said, basically, you've got some good content in there but it's run on and on and on. The meeting was two hours and 45 minutes. Probably you listeners out there can identify with this, being held in a meeting that is run on, 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 and it's not really fun because there's not enough time in the day for a lot of us, so we need to be very tight with the agenda, very tight with the time so that we can be productive in our role and our day-to-day stuff that we need to do beyond the meeting. So a clear time frame, and he... He took the feedback and started to change it up, ascribing timeframes to these topics and getting it done. So the meetings got way better and he actually started to share facilitation so he could empower other people to learn the art of facilitation. Another aspect of great meetings is the parking lot idea. So we need to have this place where if something comes up in the meeting that we want to talk about, but it's not on the agenda, we need to have a place for this. So we say, you know, can we put that on the parking lot? And most times people say yes. If it's something that the collective wants to talk about in that moment, we might strike something else from the agenda and bump that to the parking lot. And so the parking lot's a great idea for managing different ideas that can't be talked about in the meeting, right, that are emergent. And that's basically, meetings are emergent, right? There's, they're in real time. We're collaborating together in the moment and things come up invariably. Another aspect of great meetings is having the right participants. Again, you don't want to be part of a meeting that you don't need to be part of. And I think the listeners out there can agree with this, that that is a waste of time and it's very draining. And so we need to make sure that when we have a meeting, we have the right participants. You know, does the sales manager need to be there? Does the production manager need to be there? Does the executive director need to be there? Who is the relevant person or persons? And lastly, we need to have a record of the meeting. We need to have good minutes. 
and a good closing, right? So we need to take notes, we need to have clear next steps, and then we need to close it up by either recapping the meeting items, action steps, or asking a key closing question, which I'll get into in a few minutes. Now I wanna talk a little bit about the art and science of facilitation, the act of leading a meeting, because a lot of times people move up the ranks into management and then they're required to lead a meeting, but they've never learned how. And so facilitation is a word that comes from French and facile means easy. So basically facilitation is the process of making a meeting easy for its participants or smooth. So when I'm facilitating, I want to try to get through the agenda in the relevant time with the right participants, managing negativity, managing potential conflict and getting out at the end with clear outcomes and next steps. And so how I achieve that as a facilitator, so I'm going to go into some of the elements, is I get people's voices heard. I try to have an equality in the meeting where people feel like they can speak up. It's a safe place. I'll even say that in the beginning when I start to lead meetings with groups that it's a safe and confidential space and that your voice matters. We are stronger together. And so your voice matters. If it's the first meeting, I'll actually go around the table and ask them some key questions so that everyone gets their voice heard. You know, because we are equals in spirit, whether it's the production manager and the CEO, we're all equals under my watch, in spirit anyway. As a facilitator too, like I said before, you need to manage the time. So we don't want to get to 45 minutes out of an hour and say, oh my gosh, we didn't get to items three and four yet. We want to make sure that there's a time frame to each agenda item and that we're moving through it so that we come to a close on each section so we keep smoothly moving through that agenda. Another part of facilitation is managing conflict. I'm going to do another podcast about conflict. It's safe to say that conflict is natural, but a lot of us haven't learned to deal with conflict very effectively. We take it personally, we go soft, we get scared of it. And so as a facilitator, conflict is going to happen. And so we need to almost sometimes invite it to happen because not everyone's going to agree at every time, at every juncture. So we need to have processes in place to manage conflict. Additionally, we need to be able to manage negative behaviors. Now, ground rules are important. So that helps take some off the table because people know it's expected such as texting under the table. It's not cool. We agreed that that's not a helpful behavior for us. So that'll just take it off the table sometimes, right? But it won't always happen that way. You're going to need to manage negative behaviors as they come up. One, because not every behavior is gonna be on the ground rules. And two, we need to call out the ground rules again sometimes, very generally. So if something is happening that is on the ground rules, I will say something like, I just want to point to the wall and review our ground rules. We might even do that before the meeting for the first few meetings, just to make sure people know. And if it becomes a problem, I might single somebody out or talk to them offline. So we need to manage these negative behaviors. And some of these examples are eye rolls, sighs, sarcastic comments, over talkers, side conversations, and the old cell phone issue. So those are some aspects of great facilitation. Again, making the process smooth for people by enlisting all of these different aspects. So on to a little bit about group process. Groups need to be in certain phases sometimes. I have this three-pronged approach. When a group needs to brainstorm, I 
call it out. Like, you know, sounds like the group needs to brainstorm about this, or we might even have an agenda. Let's brainstorm different ideas for a new sales process. And in that brainstorming, we realize that that's what we're there for, just to popcorn, just to let out ideas, to build off each other as ideas. And it's not a place to evaluate, evaluate yet. It's not a place to poo-poo or shut any ideas down. It's really about creativity. And so that's one part of a group process. And once we get all those ideas on a whiteboard or on a list, we then move to another part of group process is the evaluation of these ideas. And the book Traction, which I'll talk about in a few minutes, has this process called Keep Killer Combine. So when you have a list that's large and you want to whittle it down, you want to go through it and you want to ask participants to really now start to drill down which ones, which ideas are the ones we're going to keep, kill, or combine. So we're going to look at the list, keep this one. And again, we're not going to take it personally if your idea is killed. We've got to make sure that we also preface that and presence that. That's not personal. Not every idea is going to make the grade. We can put some on the parking lot and that's fine, but some of them we're actually going to strike from the record. So keep, kill, or combine. So then you're going to have a whittled down list that's not prioritized yet. So the next part of group process is the decision making. How do we prioritize these? If you have eight items, we need to vote on one through eight. Which one is the most pressing? And, you know, the CEO might end up deciding if there's a tie. You know, that's fine. It's not a democracy sometimes. But by and large, we try to use group wisdom to get the outcomes, one, evaluated and prioritized, and then decide which one makes the grade. Another group process that's pretty famous is forming, storming, norming, and performing. So forming is when a group or a team comes together, we get to know each other, it's not quite safe yet to storm, you might have a strong personality in, in there that commandeers the space, and everyone else plays nice. But as a group starts to get its bearings under good facilitation, we're able to realize that storming and conflict is gonna happen, right? So some people are going to need to uh, reckon with some of their negative behaviors like over-talking. Some people are gonna have to learn how to push back and speak up and advocate for themselves and their ideas. And that's the storm, coming through the storm. And as we come through the storm, we start to norm. We start to realize that it's okay. We can actually come through the storm, the conflict, and we're okay. We don't have to be separated. We can agree to disagree. And sometimes, as it is in meetings, we go with the will of the group. So if my idea I like, but six other people don't, I will acquiesce and say, let's go with the will of the group. Unless it's really, really uh, pressing for me, then we might do another round of dialogue. So we get through the storm, we norm, we realize that we're high functioning now, we're living by the ground rules, we're living by our values, we value conflict, we can move through it. And that leads to the perform aspect of forming, storming, norming, and performing. Then we're high performers. We're getting the issues solved, we're getting the goals written down, we're getting the things we need to talk about talked about. That's a little bit about group process. So as a facilitator, you need to be mindful that a group is in certain phases sometimes or needs to be in certain phases. Lastly, in this podcast, I want to talk about a couple sample agendas. One comes from the book Traction by Gino Wickman, and it's called a level 10 meeting. Like I said in the beginning, most people would rate their meetings from a two to a three. 
And that's unfortunate. Traction wants a level 10 meeting where it's just the best. In that level 10 meeting, there's a specific agenda. And it goes like this, basically, five minutes each for about 30 minutes, you check in personal stories, then you report on metrics, you know, what you're measuring in the business. Then you report on the quarterly goals that you're working on. Then you report on customer issues or vendor issues, employee issues or headlines so that we're communicating. And then we're avoiding miscommunications by sharing headlines and information. And then we check in on the to-dos from the last week or two. Did people follow through on what they said they were going to follow through on? The last part of the agenda, the L10 meeting, is solving issues. And that has its own process, identifying the issues, discussing them, and solving them. So check that book out. It's really awesome. It's really devoted to make sure that the organization is on track to what it says it wants to do and solving the issues that come up. An example of a meeting that I lead or an agenda that I follow most times is I start with appreciation. So if it's a group I've been working with, I'll start with appreciation. Really have people think about what they're grateful for, either for their coworker, their job, or really anything in general. So I let appreciation flow. And I let it be a popcorn style, meaning people can just add in when they want to add in. Not everybody has to share. I then move to a relationship building activity. And that could be something as innocuous as, what are you learning about right now? Let's go around and spend one minute each talking about what we're learning about in the organization or personally. You can do things like get a penny and give each person a penny and have them look at the date and tell the group one thing significant that happened in that year. Of course, the year has to be significant for them and relevant. If I'm born in 1972 and you give me a 1962 penny, I might not be able to relate to that. Another one could be going around and asking people if they had a nickname in high school or college. That always induces hilarity and laughter. And that just gels a group, has people connect as human beings and see each other beyond the work role. Then I get into the agenda, whatever the agenda item is, and I've probably collaborated with someone to get that agenda. And that's another aspect. We can collaborate to have an agenda. And some of you out there do that. You know, there's a running document. Please add anything to the agenda that you want. Some of that might make the parking lot, but you have an agenda. And so I'll go through the agenda with people and then I'll have a good closing. I'll make sure that we have five or so minutes to close well. And it might be even to recap next steps, but it might also be a question, a strategic question like, what are you taking away from the meeting today? What's what an insight that you garnered from the time together? And have people think that through and then share and then close up the meeting. So those are a couple sample agendas. And so that's about it in a nutshell for leading a great meeting, leading a kick-butt meeting. We want a kick-butt meeting. We want a level 10 meeting as Traction talks about. We don't want bad meetings. And so I hope this podcast is helpful for you to tighten up your facilitation. Or if you're a participant in a meeting, you can push the thoughts upstream and talk to your manager about better facilitation, better organization in meetings, and even have them listen to this podcast. So thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this. I hope you tune in again to The Focus Coach. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to The Focus Coach Show. Feel free to subscribe, 
share with those people whom you might think would benefit from it. And also go to thefocuscoachshow.com slash tools, get your free worksheets, free downloads, sign up for a free coaching session, and more. Until next time, peace.